welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buchholz, and this is episode 279, Marketing That Feels Good, an interview with Sarah Santacroce, coming to you on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Hello, my people. How are you? I hope you're having a good week and a good month and uh, whatever season of the year that you're in, whether uh, spiritually or weather-wise or holiday-wise, I hope it is treating you well. I hope that you are taking care of yourself, which kind of leads me into the little uh, second announcement that I just wanted to let you know if you haven't listened to Sunday's Encouraging Words episode yet. I announced my difficult decision to put the show on semi-hiatus for a while. So I'm not feeling willing and able yet to say that's it. I'm done podcasting because I love it. But as you know, during the last four years and nearly 300 episodes, I've been encouraging you and myself to do what it takes to stay physically, mentally, emotionally healthy healthier and happier in every way that you can, because I really believe not only is that good for us as human beings, but I think it's one of the best things that we can do for our writing. So I talk about this in a little bit more detail uh, in Sunday's uh, episode 278. Uh, if you didn't hear for it yet, you can uh, learn more about everything that I was thinking and, and my plans. So the show will continue, but on a limited basis for a while until I figure a few things out. I need to add more uh, physical health and mental health and emotional health to my life. And one of the things that I need a lot more of is writing time. I have not been writing as much as I want. And that makes me, I don't know why, but it makes me just mentally unhappy. Uh, and then I get anxious and sometimes depressed. And when I'm writing, I feel like, oh, the world is bright and lovely again. So I don't know what that means. Maybe if you're a therapist, you do, but <laughs> but if you're a writer, you probably do understand a lot about what that feels and what that feels like. So um, because this falls under the practice what you preach banner, I thought it was important to not only do it, but also to explain it. Because uh, if there's any way that I can be a good role model for you, I want to do that. And I think that part of that means uh, being transparent, telling you what I'm doing and why, and encouraging you to think things through a little bit yourself. I mean, it is after all about to be the beginning of a new year. And maybe there are things in your life where you're like, you know what, I really like this, but I don't have enough of that in my life. And so, and this is pretty much what happened to me. So I'm going to let go of this thing that I really like so that I can have more of this thing that I really love. I hope that that is encouraging to you. And, um, in general, I always want this podcast to be something that lifts you up, that gives you things to think about, and that in some way helps you to improve your own writing. So meanwhile, while we're talking about writing, I have a fantastic guest today. I think that Sarah has some brilliant ideas. There are thoughts that I've sort of thought on and off for 20 plus years, but felt like um, it was just me. There's something wrong with me. Uh, and it turns out 
that may not be true. <laughs> so Sarah wrote a fantastic book and has a wonderful podcast and is going to explain to us her way of doing marketing. I think that you are going to resonate with a lot of the things that she says. So let's go listen to Sarah. Today's guest is Sarah Santa Croce. Over a decade of running a successful LinkedIn consulting business inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement that encourages people to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. As a hippie turned business coach, Sarah has written two books, hosts the Humane Marketing Podcast, and works with heart-centered entrepreneurs to question their assumptions when it comes to marketing and give them permission to market their business their way, the gentle way. Sarah shares a fresh perspective and doesn't shy away from calling things out that no longer work for many of us when it comes to the current marketing model. Her clients sometimes refer to her as the female Seth Godin. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here. Hi, Kitty. Good to speak to you. Yes, this is fun. You and I have been sort of chatting on and off by email. I went to one of your webinars. I bought your book. I am totally on board with what you're teaching and what you're doing with your life right now. Yay. I'm so glad. It's always so reconfirming and encouraging when you have like one other soul who's like, yes, yes, keep going. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I have to say, I never really, um, I don't think I've ever compared Seth Godin with every single other person that I've learned from about internet marketing or um, marketing in general, but because of, you know, my age and the time of the world that we live in, it's pretty much internet marketing. Um, but when I read that in your bio, I was like, yeah, yeah, because Seth has this like gentler, but straightforward approach. Like he's not pulling punches, but he makes you stop and think like, why are you doing this? Or why are you saying this? I'm like, yeah, that is what I feel like when I'm reading your book. <laughs> yeah. And it's not me. I, I still kind of feel self-conscious when somebody reads that bio, because it's some of my clients who, who said that about me. And I'm like, really, I'm going to put Seth Godin in my bio. <laughs> That's so pretentious. But, but that's exactly why also it resonates with me because I'm like, yeah, Seth is one of these people that I always respected because of the way he called things out that were not working. And, you know, he was just like walking his talk all the time. Yeah. 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 Now, um, let's be clear with the audience. You aren't actually a book marketer. That's not what you do. But I happened to hear about you because you were on Joanna Penn's The Creative Pen podcast. And so when I heard you speaking about marketing in, a, in, in probably, I can't remember exactly now, it's been several months, but in probably a more general sense, I still remember I was jogging. I remember where I was. I was jogging through this field. Mm -hmm. I always and I was just like in my mind, I had like my mouth open, my jaw dropping. <gasps> um, and I was just like, this is the kind of thing that I've always wanted somebody to tell me. There's another way that works and here's permission to do it. So first of all, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, that's really, that's really the biggest piece, right? It's the permission slip that we're all waiting for. It's like deep inside, we know that the current way is just not working for us, but we're like, yeah, but everybody else is doing it. And so, yeah, this is your listener's permission slip today. 
I love it. Now, um, again, my audience may or may not be following a lot of the internet marketers that I follow. I have um, more of a business than, than just the writing. Um, so there's a lot of things that I'm marketing in my business. But um, in general, I'm sure we've all gotten these emails where at first they seem benign and you know, nice enough. It seems like the personality of the person is coming through, but there's a point when you're getting to like the, the last four emails that all come in the last two hours before midnight that you're just like, seriously, this, um, obviously these emails were in your queue. You, you pre, uh, not pre-recorded, but like you made them earlier. <laughs> so mm -hmm. some of them, I'm just like, um, it's beginning to sound a little false to me <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, so many people have complained that the cart needs to be open a little bit longer. So I'm keeping it open and until midnight, I'm like, mm, okay, pretty sure you wrote that like probably a couple of weeks ago, but okay. So just tell us, how did you get into this idea of doing marketing a different way? Yeah, um, it's quite the story, actually, because uh, I've been in this online business since 2007, eight. It's a bit blurry because I started my business while my kids were still young. Uh, back at the in the time I was in California, so in the middle of the social media boom. And yeah, I really grew up in this online marketing world and used it extensively to build my LinkedIn consulting business. And you know how things are when, when you don't really look at them, don't really pay attention to them. It's like, oh, everything is okay, right? Until it isn't. And so that's what happened to me uh, a few years ago. I kind of coincided with my uh, turning 40, how <laughs> these things often go. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? I can no longer do business and marketing the way I've been doing it. Yes, I've built a successful quotation marks LinkedIn consulting business, but it didn't make me happy. It, I felt like I'm, yeah, abusing uh, my, my customers or my potential clients. I'm using these ma manipulative techniques. I always tried, you know, it's still me. I always tried to use them in a more gentle way. But still, yeah, I was doing the, you know, programmed emails and just using the templates that were out there. And we're all doing it because that's what we are taught. That's how marketing works. And so sitting on uh, my therapist's chair, I really had this breakdown and said, look, I think I just, I'm not made for business. I can't do it. I just feel too much. It doesn't feel good. And so that's when I was kind of looking at this fork in the road and say, well, either I give up or I come up with a different way. And, and that's what I did. That's kind of also the time that I had this epiphany, this term came to me called the gentle business revolution. And then I really thought that's what we need. We need more empathy and kindness, more gentleness in business. And of course, for me, being in marketing, I know I needed to start with marketing. Yeah. So that's how it all came together. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I have a business degree. So I was in university from 1986 to 1990. And I remember two or three times, you know, you're, you're 18 to 22. So depending on how you've been raised and um, how you consider that you should be, um, 
interacting with people who are in a position of authority over you, you know, you, a lot of times there's not a whole lot of question asking and you don't ask the questions that you want to. But a couple of times I raised my hand and I was like, I'm not comfortable with doing business this way. It sounds like we're, um, and I, you know, I didn't know the right words to use. I didn't know um, to think of a word like manipulation, but, but I was feeling like, it sounds like we're manipulating the customer to buy something for our benefit, like not necessarily for the customer's benefit. Hopefully it will be good for you. You know, this Johnson and Johnson shampoo or this book or this car, but really what we're interested in is that you help us out by buying our product. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that that works for me. And I had so many male teachers over the years, male teachers or um, uh, like supervisors or bosses or whatever in jobs um, say to me, and this is why you won't be successful because you women think that you need to put your feelings into things and people don't buy things that way. But now, you know, years later, what I'm hearing all over is you need to appeal to people's feelings because people buy based on feelings. You need to tell the story of your business. That's what makes people buy. So I just think it's kind of funny that for me and in my life, it's come back around full circle. And I don't know like where it is historically in, in the business world. I can only give you, you know, my experience of it, but I, I love that there's somebody like you who's saying and you should do it and it works. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's really the permission slip we're talking about because the, and, you know, to tell you the complete truth, Kitty, there's still a lot of resistance of, of course, to what I'm saying, uh, all the, you know, the big marketers, uh, and, and mainly they're male, but let's not you know, generalize, but mainly the resistance that I've been getting was from the male marketers. It's like, well, how do we prove that it works, right? That's what the left brain wants to know. The anal analytical brain wants to know that it works. And the thing is, when I was actually doing the research for the Marketing Like We're Human book, um, it was actually really more difficult to find the stories of people and businesses where it worked this more humane and gentle way. And the reason for that is that those kind of businesses are not the ones that yell the loudest and say, yeah. look at me, how I built my business overnight. And you know how I created a webinar and made a million dollars. It's not those kind of business owners. They're just quietly running their business, loving what they do, selling their books, but they're not yelling it from every rooftop. Yeah. So, so that kind of was my answer. I'm like, well, you know, there, it works. It's just like, it works and it's different people uh, the, for, for whom it works as well. And the other thing is it, it works on the long-term. And what we've been trained to believe in is short-term results. Mm -hmm. And so that's also kind of in the opening pages of the, the book, I say, look, if the old way still works for you and that's where you're at, you're just not ready for a different way. That's, that's when we change as humans. We don't change when things still work. We change when things are broken. Right. And so if we feel like, A, it's not giving me results, this, you know, hypey way, manipulative way, and B, it makes me feel like crap, then it's really, you know, then you're interested in something new. 
But if you're still in this trance, I call it a trance of just, you know, doing things, hustling, hustling, and getting instant results, well, that, that means you're not there yet. You, you still are okay with the old way of marketing, really. Yeah. So. And I do know a lot of people who have um, very successful buzz businesses, six and seven. I know somebody who's very close to eight figures um, and they really do have a heart for being, being themselves, being honest about who they are as a human being and, and that they really do want to help people. And, and some of their marketing includes, if you're this kind of person, you're my person, I can help you. If you're this kind of person, I may not be able to help you. I may not be the right person for you. And I definitely am um, also more interested in that kind of marketing, even when they, in the end, still use some of the tools that kind of annoy me. Like I'm kicking around the idea of doing this class. And then two days later, I've gotten so much response that I've decided to for sure do this class. And then I was in a marketing class where, where they like actually gave us these emails and they're like, this would be email one on day one. This is email two on day three. And I'm thinking, so I've already decided to do the class like a month beforehand, but I'm sending an email on the third day saying, oh my gosh, I've gotten so much response. I'm like, why am I lying to people? Why can't yeah. I just talk to them about what's really going on? You know? Yeah. It's this cookie cutter approach that, that, you know, why, why they do it? Because it sells because yeah. people want easy solutions or at least they used to until now. And I think they still will some of the people will just want easy solutions you know tell me how to sell my book yeah. well yes you know you i can sell you a 97 dollar course that pretends to tell you how to sell your book but unfortunately we both know and, and the audience also knows that it takes more than that yeah so yeah it's all about you know, bringing more honesty also to marketing and none of this bullshit. I think a lot of people now, especially we've been through over the last two years or in the US, even prior to that, you know, um, we want the truth. We don't want to be manipulated anymore. And so people, I think more and more are going to see through all these kind of shady techniques and they're, they're going to be turned off. Yeah. Another thing I want to say is like, we're not, I'm not pointing fingers at these people who are doing it because it's just our society who has kind of agreed that's how marketing works. Mm -hmm. So it will take some time for people to realize, you know what, actually it doesn't work for me anymore either. And so, yes, I need another way, but right now we're still at the very beginning of this change. So I'm not at all pointing fingers and I'm saying, Hey, been there, done that as well. Yeah, totally. If I sold Captain Crunch cereal, of course I would be buying a lot of commercial time on Saturday morning or, you know, between four and 6 PM on Monday through Friday, because that's when my audience is watching TV. Right. Um, so there are, it's, it's not like I am um, wanting to throw out, you know, as they say, the baby with the bathwater, I just want to not make it feel inside my stomach that gets all cramped up. When I feel yeah. like I'm lying, I want to stop feeling like I'm lying or manipulating people. People. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, specifically how we can use this in book marketing. Now, again, that's not what you do. So if anybody is listening going, oh, great, I can hire Sarah. That, that's not what you do. You, you work with um, businesses selling other kinds of products and you can talk to, to us more about that in a minute. But 
When it comes to book marketing, you know, one of the things that I thought would be interesting, and this will, we'll have to um, make sure that we're speaking clearly about all the, the, the um, phases of this very cool wheel, colorful wheel that you've got to people who are not watching the YouTube version, but you've got this great one page marketing plan that's um, color coded and it's using these words that I'm like, yes, when I'm selling romantic comedy, I want to talk to you about my passion and, and why I love books books that make me laugh and books that make me go, oh, which to me makes up a romantic comedy, like just as one example. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. So I'm going to hold it up for the people who are watching us on, on YouTube. So um, the seven P's of marketing is a marketing concept that I didn't invent. It's been around since the 60s. Uh, but what I did do when I looked at the seven P's of marketing, the existing model, I was like, well, some of this is so outdated. Like there was a lot of P's in there or two, th three P's in there that were um, relating to place and physical evidence. And with our online business is that stuff doesn't matter so much anymore. It's not like we're creating signage and, and all these location-based things. So I kicked all of these out and I brought in the ones that you mentioned, kind of the more, uh, you know, personal, uh, more human uh, elements like passion, personal power. And the other one I brought in was partnership. And when I looked at that, and by the way, the, the shape is the shape of a mandala and the mandala, is a Sanskrit for creative process. Oh. So really marketing is the creative process. And it's, you know, the previous version of the seven P's were separate circles, seven different separate circles. And to me, that just doesn't, didn't make sense. I needed it to be a whole, a part of a whole and with ourselves in the middle so that when we market from this wholeness, from this whole space, we really market from within and not you know, are not just in the doing, but we're much more in the being. And so that is a main probably di differentiator from traditional marketing. Every marketing program I've, I've ever taken is all about doing. You got to do more to, you know, that's what we think of as marketing. We have to do certain things. Well, what I realized as a marketer myself, what is equally, if not more important is the being. And so you mentioned passion. Well, if we don't start with our passion, with something that we're passionate about, well, how can we market with more fun and joy and passion and all of that? Then of course the marketing is like this uh, horrible chore that we have to do and it's just not fun. So I brought passion first and that is like super important to realize, well, why are you writing this book? Why are you enjoying this certain topic so much? The second P stands for personal power. So personal power is where you as the author comes in. It's like, well, how are you unique? How are you different? Um, how are you wired? What did you enjoy doing when you were a child? Um, are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Do you enjoy talking to people? Uh, you know, all these things that make you who you are. And that is so important for your marketing because otherwise you're going to be bombarded by everybody else's shoulds. It's like, you should do this. You know, that's how you're going to market your book successfully. Well, what if it doesn't work for you? What if that's exactly the wrong thing for you? Yeah. Um, it's a lot about empowering uh, entrepreneurs and authors 
to really pay attention what works for them, not letting yourself be influenced by someone who says, you have to be on YouTube. You have to now create this great YouTube. Well, what if you hate video? Like, like that's just like the most draining thing for you to do. Yeah. That's why personal power is so important um, to find out more about who you are. Yeah. And the yeah. other thing about personal power is that, um, like so many novelists that I know, there is some element. Okay. So I've been, um, you know, writing in the romance side of genre fiction for, um, Oh my gosh, I'm not even sure over 20 years. Wow. <laughs> so, so a ton of people that I know who are novelists are writing some form of romance or there's romantic elements or something like that. But um, the books that I love uh, with or without romance in them are um, about characters who are finding and using their personal power. And I'm thinking, what a great way to market that to me. I mean, uh, over my shoulder, I'm often pointing to uh, my collection of Jim Butcher books about Harry Dresden, the wizard who helps the Chicago Police Department solve really unusual cases. And I love it because it's about this man who's like totally different from all the people around him. And uh, he's among the people that he should feel comfortable with, he feels on the outside, like maybe he's not good enough and he doesn't follow the rules right and he thinks differently. And I think, oh my gosh, I so get you, Harry Dresden. Like I feel that way on so many levels. <laughs> and as, as he grows through the books and learns new things and becomes, you know, more of this and more of that, and like some of his weaknesses get lessened, which is always something that you want to happen in your own life as well. I just, I, every year when there's a new book, I love him more. And I think that um, if, uh, if Jim Butcher or his publishing company, it happens to be a traditionally published book, um, were talking about in any way, you know, um, find your own personal power by following this wiz wizard through Chicago. I'd be like, yeah, hey, you know what? I've never heard of this, but that sounds really interesting to me, you know? It's so true. It's so true. If you write novels, you have all these other people that I would guess, I don't write novels, but I would guess there's some piece of you also in some of these people that you have in your book, right? And what a fun way to then talk about these people and their personal power yeah. to market your book. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And I think that that's kind of what you were hinting at at the very beginning when you were saying that um, you just need to find um, find whatever is the truth about you and the way that you think and whether it's your fiction or nonfiction and, and present it to people as like, here are some things that you might want to know. So it's not necessarily the marketing isn't buy my book, which all of us who are in the publishing industry, whether traditionally or self-published or hybrid doing both, uh, we all know it's not about saying buy my book, but how can we make people interested in looking into maybe I would be interested in buying your book. <laughs> yeah. And these are some of the things that, that we can use these things on your marketing wheel, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the stories that go around, uh, you know, your book. And then by the way, you know, I, I'm, I've written a book about that. So, so, so yeah, the, the other uh, piece, if I just told it up again quickly, um, one, I think important one is the partnership as well. And I've seen, uh, 
um, Mike McCallowitz, that's another um, you know writer, but also definitely a business owner. Uh, I've seen him doing that really well recently, and he's never done that before. But I'm like, oh wow, he's paying attention to partnership. He partners up with uh, John Yanch and Dory Clark about um, you know creating a, a common webinar uh, where they share content about their specific topics and at the end you know he just they all mention their uh, uh relevant books and that's it you know people show up for the content and then of course they want to go uh, buy the book because you know that's a natural next step so i love that idea of partnering with other authors as well like how can you make your uh, book part of a series but not necessarily your own series but someone else's book uh, as well and then you know it's always more fun to market something with other people as well right right and I know um probably 10 eight to ten years um it's been a uh thankfully a, a fairly popular marketing technique among writers um and I'm speaking specifically about novelists right now though um, my guess is it would work, it could work pretty well in nonfiction, is um, people will do group promotions that's really aimed at a category of readers who likes a certain genre or subgenre mm -hmm. topic. And so you might have, you know, two up to, I've seen up to 50 different authors all doing a group promotion together. And I'm thinking, okay, as a reader, I'm thinking too many, too many. Right. Um, but a bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, to to get an email that's like, you know, here's five romantic comedies that are out right now. Um, and here's a little bit about like, I don't know how I wrote it or, or what it's about or, um, you know, having five different authors share the other four authors books. Here's four new books that you might not have heard about. And I say that, and then you say it, but my book is listed in, in one of those four, you know? And so now it's going out to potentially five times as many readers. Uh, and that is a particularly easy technique that you can use if you really don't want to be out amongst <laughs> amongst people. If you're, if you're not really um, an extrovert, don't want to be on video, don't want to do webinars. But if you are interested in webinars and that sort of thing, what I haven't seen, and now I'm thinking, Sarah, I need to get some other authors together and try this, do a webinar where we're talking about, where it's specifically aimed towards readers, not writers. And we're talking about each of our, you know, five different authors, five different romantic comedies, how we came up with the idea, the problems that we face, like our favorite parts, read, you know, a page or two from each one. And at the end, it's just a list of links. It's, it's no pressure, no hassle. It's not like buy my $2,000 program. It's just like, if any of these books sound good to you, here are our links. And we would love for you to click on these links in order exactly. to join our email list and hear more about more books by this or this or this author. Yeah, it's kind of a behind the scenes of, you know, the, how the book came about. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that is low pressure, you know, it's like it's marketing, but it's not actually because you're actually sharing real value with the people who attend the webinar. And then, of course, yes, you're going to mention your book and people are like, where can I get the book? Right. <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. OK, you know what? I am going to tell you how that goes because I'm going to go round up some people and we're going to do a webinar for all of our readers. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> now you've got some other items on your um, 
on your wheel. Um, I've been calling it a wheel, but on the top, it says the one page marketing plan. So yeah. I'm not sure what you call it. I call it the mandala because it's in, in the shape of a, of a mandala, but it's also the one page marketing plan Okay, with the seven P's of the humane marketing mandala. That's right. the full <laughs> name. Yeah. So the other ones are uh, people, so that's obviously your readers in the case of, uh, you know, authors. So every marketing program I've ever looked at is always starts with your target audience or, you know, your avatar. I feel like it's, yes, it's important, but it, to me, it's more important that you look at the other two piece first. Only then are you ready to, um, you know, start to resonate with your people. Um, and so that's the same for your for your ideal readers. You do need to do that research and really think about, well, who's an ideal reader for my book? Because if you don't do that, well, they're not going to feel concerned. Yeah. And so when I wrote my books, I had a very, very clear idea of who they are. In my case, you know, they're, they're very similar to myself, but that's not always the case as an author. So you need to really get into your readers heads, but also into their hearts and really figure out, well, who are they and, uh, and go deep with it, not just the generic demographics and where do they live and how much money do they make? No, like really the feeling part is important here as well. Yeah. So that's the, the people then product. Well, in an author's case, that's the, that's the book. So clearly, uh, you know, it needs to be a beautiful product. I think, um, back in the days and I, you're going to, uh, chime in here because you know more about the industry, but I think people uh, are looking for a beautiful books. Now they, uh, you know, it's surprising because my book, I thought most people would buy the Kindle version. I'm surprised that most people buy the paper uh, version. Yeah. I think it's because we're going back to, you know, beautiful things. And a Kindle book is, yes, it's easy to read, but it's not beautiful. It's just <laughs> right. you know, black and white. And so think about, and that doesn't, of course, apply to all your audiences, audiences but it does matter for, I'd say, probably most audiences, um, you know, not the horror uh, genre probably, but some other, the other ones, yeah, pay attention to your book cover, of course. Yeah. Um, not just book cover, but also like the content itself, like how it's, you know, laid out and how it's presented. I think all of that matters more today than it did 10 years ago. Yeah. Pricing, uh, well, you need to figure out uh, the, the ideal price for your ideal clients and, and readers. Not going to go into too much. You probably talk about that more often on your uh, podcast. And then promotion is really this idea of um, giving yourself permission to tune in on one or two things that uh, kind of go hand in hand with who you are. So they, it goes together with personal power and not doing everything because, you know, you're listening to too many podcasts and they tell you that you have to be everywhere and do everything. It's not humanly possible uh, to do everything, especially as a, you know, just a, a solo author or entrepreneur. So really giving yourself permission to do that one or two things and, and do that well and say, I give myself permission to do just that. And that's going to be enough. Yeah. I love this. This is great stuff. It's definitely, um, um, 
ringing true with me and the way that I feel and think. And uh, particularly as a novelist, but even the nonfiction that I write, um, it comes definitely, you know, from my heart as well as my head. And so um, I, I just love the way it, it kind of resonates in me like this I can do, you know, this I'm willing to send out an email every week instead of an email every time I can like get up the courage to say something that I don't know, maybe I'm just going to be annoying people. And I hear, I hear this a lot and I hear it in myself sometimes too. Uh, I don't know anything interesting to say today. So I think I'm just going to skip today and I'll send another newsletter out next week. But then next yeah. week you feel the same. And then you're like, oh, now I just feel nervous people. I just feel the pressure of, you know, it needs to be so interesting to my readers. And then I stop emailing. <laughs> yeah, it's just so much self-pressure, isn't there, about marketing? But really, when you bring more of you into your marketing, that's when you st really start to... Um, feel I think like just you know it's kind of overrated this word authentic but it just is gonna really feel like you instead of feeling like you have to apply these templates that then don't feel good and you're like really can I send this out this sounds so obnoxious it sounds like I'm always talking about myself and yeah no wonder we don't do it then because it just does feel like I'm always talking about myself yeah. one thing I, I did with the with the second book so selling like we're human I uh, got the courage to ask a whole bunch of people uh, to beta read the book and then give me an ad advanced review and so now they're coming in and and I'm sharing just kind of a visual on LinkedIn with the extract from that uh, advanced review and I feel good about that because it's not me, you know, shining my own spotlight. Uh, it's like other people saying, you know, this is a good book. And so it feels really good to me as an introvert to, to say, look, you know, people have read the book and they, they liked it. And not just me going, look at me. I'm such a great person. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's one way to do it. You know, that is a great segue because I really did want to also talk to you about your books. So you have to tell us a little bit about them, um, how they're different. And also the new one at the time that this uh, episode goes live will be brand new, just recently uh, released. So be sure to l let us hear about both of them, please. Yeah. So uh, the first one is marketing like we're human and uh, the second one selling like we're human. And so marketing like we're human, there's a whole other story uh, involved into that um, kind of had to do with rebranding. I won't go into it here. We don't have enough time, but if you do happen to get the book, you'll see it in the first few pages because I kind of uh, ran it as a second edition to explain the story of the rebrand, but it, it really is kind of this revolution cry and saying, we need something different, heart-centered entrepreneurs, authors, business owners, we need a different way to market. And it's structured in uh, three sections, uh, rumble, rise, and resonate. The rumbling part is kind of what we just talked about. It's like finding out who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, your worldview. Then you go into uh, rise is where you really give yourself permission to be different from everybody else. You don't have to be the same and, and bring more of, of you into your marketing. And then resonate is where you bring that in and then it starts to resonate with your people. Um, so it, it's a really different approach approach instead of you know creating something 
like you mentioned before, back in your business days, you're like, yeah, we felt like we just, you know, created a product and shoved it down people's throats. It's, it's this different approach where you're like resonating with people and they actually come to you because they're like, this really feels good. I want more of that. So that's the, that's kind of the, the structure of the, the marketing book. I really felt like I needed to bring a lot of my stories into the book. Um, so it's a very personal book. It's a very vulnerable book. And yeah, it felt scary to put that out there, but it, it needed to be that so that people could really resonate with it. Because I know that my story, a lot of other entrepreneurs and maybe authors felt the same way. And so yeah. having it there and saying, you're not alone. I think that's really the permission slip uh, that people need right now. You know, it's so funny listening to you talk about um, how it, it's um, showing you a different way to market or to find, you know, your marketing voice. It sounds so much like the way that many people explain how to find your writer's voice. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking yeah. this is kind of interesting because it's like, I, I found my writer's voice. I, this is how I write a novel or a nonfiction book. Now I'm going to find my marketing voice. This is how I talk about it. These are the stories that I tell right. um, and stories and, and um, other ways that you're telling the world about your book in a way that's more a story. You know, this is why I wrote the book. This is the thing that I think is funniest in this romantic comedy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm just thinking, Oh, that's a whole new idea for me to think about. Oh, I just need to find my marketing voice. And then I bet all the stress and tension and pressure will really fall down to like very manageable levels. Yeah, I love that. I do actually really love that because that's, that's also what, I mean, I'm a first time author. And so I had to really, you know, kind of wrestle with that and say, well, do I just write this marketing, how to do marketing book? But I'm like, but that's not the story that I want to tell. It's not just, uh, you know, uh, here's how you do marketing. It, it's a really a revolution and saying we can't go on with this. And so that was my voice. And that is still my voice in my marketing because it's part of my worldview. And so I wonder if if you find your marketing voice, it also has to do with your worldview. So yeah. what matters to you? you know, in the world as large, and that's going to be part of your marketing voice. That's interesting. You've definitely given me something to think about. I hope other people are going, yeah, yeah. Let me think about that <laughs> some more. Okay. And so tell us about the sell, like you're selling, like you're human. Yeah. So selling like you're human is, is, it's an interesting uh, story as well, because Never in a million years did I think I was going to write a book about selling. Uh, I, I was still the person who said, I hate selling. And, you know, I, I just want to have conversations with people. But then in my humane marketing circle, my community, people kept confusing, first of all, marketing and selling. They're like, well, is this marketing? Is this selling? So there was a lot of confusion around that. And then my book coach also told me, you know what, well, what people want is the selling, is the sales. And so maybe that's what you got wrong here. And I'm like, well, that's funny because it's a real uh, marketing concept um, that's, that goes sell them what they want and give them what they need. And so I was doing the completely wrong thing. I thought what they wanted was marketing, but actually turns out what they want is selling. 
So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll write this uh, book for selling like we're human. And I, again, had to really give myself permission to forget everything I've ever learned about sales because nothing ever worked for me. I'm like, how can I even have a voice, uh, you know, in selling if I still hate it to this day? Like, how am I going to write a book about that? And then slowly I started to say, well, you know what? I'm going to do it the same way I did it with marketing. I'm just going to come up with something completely new. It's going to be like, you know, complete, completely radical. But for my people, I think it's going to work because the, they want something different. And so I think it turned out to be a beautiful book um, about sales in a completely different way. Uh, I think it's really going forward. It's not just for heart-centered entrepreneurs. It's going to change the way we do business. Uh, coming from, yeah, this idea of what if we just brought the human to the sales conversation instead of always having this agenda of we got to get the sale? What yeah. if I, I talk about this idea of the serene garden? So what if we had human conversations in a serene garden where two humans show up and both want the best for each other? What if that was sales from now on? So, I love that. Yeah, excited about selling like we're human as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I can't wait to buy it and read it because I like the first book so much and I'm very excited about reading the second one too. Mm, thank you. Oh, listen, um, as always, we could talk about these things forever because I love all these topics, but why don't we uh, let people know where can they find your books? You, um, we, we looked at the one page marketing plan. So where can people find everything about you? Yeah. So the website, I have two websites, humane.marketing. So no.com, just dot marketing. And uh, the other one is my personal one, sarahsantacroce.com. You'll put that in the show notes. It's a bit hard to spell. Um, so the, the one page marketing plan is at humane.marketing forward slash one page. So humane.marketing forward slash one page. And that comes with seven email prompts that do kind of help you reflect on these different P's rather than just have a blank page that takes you through the seven P's to help you reflect how that applies to your, you know, book writing business. Uh, I do also have a podcast that is called Humane Marketing. So you'll find that on your favorite podcast app. The books, the first one is humane.marketing forward slash book one. And the <laughs> second one, book two. So humane.marketing book two. And is it other words written out, T-W-O and O-N-E or the numbers one and the no, number two? Yeah, sorry. Numbers. numbers. Book one and book two. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I know from experience to everybody, I have actually been on both of Sarah's websites. There's so much great information and either the way that I'm consuming or the way Sarah's marketing what she has available, I'm not sure how, but I don't feel overwhelmed by what I'm learning. So I just want to put that out there as a user. <laughs> so thank you again for that, Sarah, not making me feel like there's so much pressure to hurry up and Right. do these things. <laughs> yeah. Thank you uh, for saying that. It's, yeah. it, it's something that I think we always need to be mindful. How, how is the other human on the other side receiving this? You know, it's like, is there pressure or is it empowerment and yeah, in, yeah encouragement? 
I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorite words, encouragement. I always like to be the, more the encouraging person. And sometimes the encouraging person is saying, you're at a place now where the best thing that you can do is buy this book or buy this product because it's going to take yeah. you to the next step. Yeah, exactly. It's gentle encouragement to, you know, act because yeah. if we never act and well, we stay at the same place. Yeah. Exactly. This yeah. is great. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to talk with us and to encourage us and give us really specific ways that we can become better marketers and feel good about it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kitty. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Thank you.